Welcome everyone to the fourthest episode of the Caravan Tour of Terror, where we tour the globe through the medium of horrific, chilling and disturbing entertainment. My name's Donald and I'm the driver on this quest. Joining me at my side, as always, with a road atlas on his lap is my navigator, Ali. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Ali. We are at the Wild Boarwood campsite, south of London. We could probably see London from where we are, but around us is relaxing forest, campfires stars above our heads when it's night time it's lovely isn't it, when it yeah <laughs> well actually that's not true that's not true the stars are always there but we can only see them at night so i've already fucked yeah. it all up yeah unfortunately uh, um, and also it's it's the middle of the day so no one can see stars at the moment anyway. yes it's middle of the day also can we keep a low profile actually we should probably talk a bit quieter because this is actually for glampers aka oh, the God. enemy oh. We're not Ooh. actually here in an official capacity, so just keep quiet. Yeah, we've, we've had to add some tinsel to our caravan Don't. to blend in here. <laughs> Your knowledge of glampers and why they're the enemy is poor. Why are we here? We're, we're just south of London because the city and the countryside surrounding us is the setting for the rollicking, I'd say rollicking, 1968 Hammer horror movie, The Devil Rides Out, also known as... Uh, the Devil's Bride, and it certainly rollicks. <laughs> It does Rolex. Why was it called The Devil's Bride? Because The Devil Rides Out sounds like a Western. And I agree, it's a fucking weird title, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think The Devil's Bride is uh, much better. No, they're, yeah, they're, both, they're both poor, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ali, uh, yeah? tell us about The Devil Rides Out. The Devil Rides Out is a 1968 Hammer horror movie starring Christopher Lee as Nicholas Duke de Richelieu. Him and his friend Rex, Rex Van Ren, he come back from uh, to the south of uh, England, London, where we are, where we are. Funnily <laughs> enough, just say here, here. <laughs> they arrive here in this very caravan. They come back to London uh, in 1929 to check in on a friend of theirs who they knew his father um, and they've been friends with him for many, many years. Yeah, they're they're friends, even though, I mean, their age gaps are really ranging. Like Rex is kind of in the middle, but I mean, Christopher Lee looks decades older, but you know, they're all friends. It's quite sweet, really. Yeah, no, it is. It's, uh, you know, they're all, just, let's just point out, they are all grown men. (laughs) Oh, very grown men. Yep. So Simon is having a, a party that they drop in on. Just to check up on him. Yeah, just to check up it's on him. The, you know, they've not the se- first time they've seen him, isn't it? It's the f- and it happens first time to they've seen coinc- him. Yeah, it happens to coincide with this party he's having. Yeah, it's the first time they've seen him since their return. So Simon starts acting very strange uh, and very put off by their presence here at this party. And Christopher Lee, using his Christopher Lee detective skills... Yep. Uh, quickly establishes that this is a cult meeting, a devil worshipping meeting of some sort. Uh, that this is a something nefarious is going on. Yeah, he, he overhears things, and he's he he states he's an, kind of an expert in these matters pretty quickly. He's kind yeah. of yeah, he's quite James Bondy. <laughs> we will get we will get into that. We will get into. Um, 
Christopher Lee's knowledge of things in this movie. It's quite cool because he's like, he decides something fishy's going on, so he just wanders over to a candlestick, lights a cigar with the candle, then just wanders <laughs> around, <laughs> eavesdropping yeah. in conversations, looking like he owns the place. It's pretty badass. Light, lighting, I mean, he is, he is clearly a rich man in this movie. He's a joke. Um, no, I know, but what I'm saying is, but he wanders over to a candle and lights a cigar off that. <laughs> this man has a lighter. I want to make that abundantly clear. So Simon asks the two of them to leave. Yeah, they're not members of the club. They've, yeah, it's the yeah. kind of thing he says. Yeah. Oh, it's a. Oh, it's a. You know, it's a private. Oh, I feel so bad. Uh, and he starts escorting him out. And Christopher Lee goes. Actually, I'm going to go upstairs for a bit. Just be two. No, honestly, two seconds. Two seconds. I want to just... see the view from your observatory. Yeah, I want to see your observatory. Uh, it looks cool. I'll honestly. I'm, I'll, in and out. In and yeah. out. It's it's the way he does it is so like. Yeah, you can't say it, no to him. Uh huh. It is a it is a really masterful the way he he manages to do it. Um, at which point, you know, they go up to the observatory, look around, and we have our first dramatic moment where uh, Christopher Lee pulls open a cupboard, and the dramatic music hits, and we get a shaky shaky uh, view of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And he goes, I knew it! Yeah, it's evidence of Satanism. Yeah, no, I I, I totally understood what it was getting at, but I was like, (laughs) couldn't it just, I don't know, couldn't it just put like an upside down cross in there? No reputable man has hens in his cupboard. It's just the chickens! (laughs) Ah! These are devil-worshipping chickens. Meanwhile, Rex, his friend, is just kind of... <laughs> so, so he is a super... Sc- <laughs> just, yeah, no, he, yeah, he is super sceptic. He yeah, is like... He just kind of got a bemused expression on his face and just kind of yeah. following along like, what I'm are you quite doing really, now, I'm not going to lie. If I was friends with Nicholas, I'd be like, I'm used to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I say also, uh, just quickly, that because of Christopher Lee's facial hair, I immediately thought he was evil until he started actually figuring oh, this no. stuff out. Yeah, to- He's got totally. a really not... satanic-looking facial hair going on. There was a there was a there was a part of me this entire movie through that was like he's gonna be the bad guy in the end. <laughs> so yeah, no, I I, I, t- I totally had that. It's just Christopher Lee's look yeah, in 1968. Very intense. It's, that's one word for it. <laughs> so Nicholas de- uh, deduces that Simon is uh, doing cult shit. Yep. And um, they, you know, this is ridiculous. You you never need to. do This is could not do this ever <laughs> ever ever and as uh, as you said he, he actually brings up um you know i've never brought up our age difference before uh and i'm only going to nicholas is a man that throws down like blood oaths on a the, <laughs> at the drop of a hat the number of times he literally begs people or you know i'm i have never done this before yeah. but i have to do it now (laughs) um and he says about you know the age difference but trust me this is not something you want to get into yeah yeah i'm more experienced and stuff uh i'm older yeah which i i I liked that line i liked that um and simon's like nah can you get out (laughs) Uh, so in very 1968 fashion they struggle for a moment and then with one punch 
uh, Rex knocks Simon out. Yeah, they like the one-punch knockout in this film. It's not the only time yeah. it happens, I'm sure. It's 1960. It's, yeah. it's honestly... It's Boom! And then he's out it's, for yeah. an indeterminate amount of plot time. <laughs> if, it was a, if it was a woman, he would have backhanded her and she would have swooned. In like, fact, it's that the Simon, of... Does Simon not get knocked out more than once, I think? <laughs> Simon, Simon get knock, gets knocked out every 20 any, minutes. Any time it's an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, they only had him for a few days. Yeah. Uh, so Rex knocks out Simon and they carry him downstairs. Uh, it, honestly, the like Christopher Lee was a big dude. Like he really was. Like he was a very slim man. Yeah. He was a very towering Tall. figure. Yeah. yeah. And so is uh, Rex. Uh, Rex. Rex. Leon Rex. Green. Yeah. Um, they are very very tall men. And Simon is not. He's probably about my height. <laughs> it just you know, emphasizes, bit, yeah, it just emphasizes the naivety. So you know that works. Yeah. It's what 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 else uh, helps emphasize the naivety is that they carry him downstairs like a baby. <laughs> no, come on. Getting yourself all muddled up with black magic. So they they carry him outside and uh, they take him back to Nicholas's, don't they? Yes, they take they take him to Nicholas's. Uh, the cult notice this and all run out and ah yeah. There's a lot of people in this movie credited as Satanist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of movie. So they take him back to Nicholas's where they hypnotize Simon with a mirror. Yeah, really weird, but yeah, it's pretty weird. Well, it just it, it just shows that Nicholas has some weird. I mean. You know, knowledge and power of his own kind of thing. So yeah, they pop him on the on the couch, and uh, Nicholas and Rex sit down, and <laughs> and Nicholas says that you know, Rex is quite, I'd say, quite uh, rightfully so, skeptical yeah. about all this, and Christopher Lee sits down and stares him in the eyes and goes, "Everything you know." And everything you don't know about black magic and the devil is real. And I was sitting going, yeah, I'd pro- I, if that man sat me down and told me that, I'd probably be- believe him quite quickly. And Rex does. He yeah. gives him the benefit of the doubt. He's not, you know, he's not like, cool, I'm super on board. But he's like, all right, it is I might be funny in over my head. Me, it is funny to me how Rex could be friends with him. And this didn't come up because it no, really ever. seems like ever. Nicholas knows a lot about this shit. I mean, and, it gets and even will more not late. shut up about yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of like a warlock in his own right, and not just. I guess they were just drinking buddies. Didn't really talk about the, you know, in depth shit like feelings and Satanism. Yeah, they were they were um, badminton partners. <laughs> You're not going to talk about this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's in 1968 in Britain. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Nicholas, why do you have a pentagram weaved into your badminton racket? Oh, never mind. We have to serve. <laughs> so they hypnotize Simon. Uh, they put a cross made of, I don't know, silver? It looks like a silver cross, yeah. Yeah, uh, round his neck and pop him in bed. And that's you know, movie's over. We were, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, so, I was so pleased. It was um, so Simon wakes up and starts in a quite a graphic scene. <laughs> it is pretty, yeah, it's pretty gross actually. Starts so he, he basically tries to first rip off 
the cross, but then just starts twisting it, yeah, and twisting it to start choking yeah. himself, and his eyes start watering, and ugh, yeah, it's and his face horrible. turns purple. Like, uh, yeah, it's, pretty it's sure he's just moment. doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a really good moment, honestly. But then it looks um, like he kind of snaps out of it. But it's it's almost like he's not mean, you know, he's not he's being controlled somehow, and he's fighting against it. So. Nicholas's butler comes in and sees this and removes the cross from Simon's neck. Yeah. And he just yeah, and he runs to the Duke. He goes, Simon. Oh, sir. Yeah, he and goes, Oh, sir. I took like, this off. Why did you take that thing? <laughs> yeah. It was going to kill him, sir. Yeah. Ah, you weren't to know. And I, he literally says something like that. He's like, Oh, yeah, it's no, not your he, fault. Yeah. <laughs> As Simon escapes, Nicholas and Rex uh, take chase and dr- go to Simon's house where they break in and split up once they're inside. And it's really odd because Rex goes, we should split up. And Chris really goes, no, no. And he goes, no, we should probably split up. Rex goes up the stairs Chris Ridley walks around the corner and then peeks up the <laughs> stairs and then follows them up the stairs. Um, but they go back up to the observatory where they get a lead on a woman named Tanith, um, who Chris Ridley mentions that name is, you know, has a kind of... They, they all have a, a rebirth name yeah. when they get inducted into this yeah, cult. Yeah, it's some kind cult. of goddess, isn't it? So he says that Tanith is a kind of, you know, is at least steeped in this lore. Yeah. Um, so it must be her her uh, rebirth name, her cult name, essentially. And as they try to leave, uh, we have our first demon appearance. And it is a... Terrifying. <laughs> there, there is an unsettlingness it to is unsettling. it, I would say. Yeah, that I, I was... That, it's the eyes more than anything yeah. because it is essentially an overweight like black or indian man it looks it's a it's a black guy but he has these like yellowish reddish eyes um and christopher lee says not to look into the eyes and yeah Rex looks into and he's the just eyes. staring yeah do you, and yeah and, do you know that black actor's name i don't willie payne Come on, you gotta love it, eh? <laughs> Pretty good name. Well, and... <laughs> he does cut a really unsettling. It's it's like a it's a smile, but it's kind of like aggressive. It's hard to yeah, a grim a grimace. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is you know it, it's nineteen sixty eight. It's set in 1929. The moment this guy came on screen and he is shirtless. Yeah. Um, I th- I had the same thought as you did. Whoa. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's fine. It, it's actually, fine. It's fine. I I thought it was actually one of the better done horror <laughs> moments in this. It was je- like you know it is unsettling for what it needs to yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still got goofy effects around it, like when he appears and disappears. But you know it is. It's well acted and stuff, so I think they get away with it. And it's not yeah, totally. It's not problematic, which I think is the better thing. Yeah, oh no, totally. Um so Rex is getting drawn in by this demon and I think Chris really just throws something at it. Yeah, it throws the silver cross at it and it just yeah. goes 
Uh, at which point, <laughs> at which point, he just goes run. Yeah, they just fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and, they like real, it. and they yeah. and they just fucking like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing I noticed in like the next conversation or two is that. Nicholas keeps turning to Rex and going, and you know what that means. <laughs> he doesn't, Nicholas. He made it explicitly clear at the start of this. He has no idea what's it, going on. It really on. is uh, Sherlock and Dr. Watson kind of relationship it's, it's... where Rex really is just the muscle uh, and just the kind of... Oh, yes, sounding the, board, yeah, sounding yeah, board yeah, for the viewer. Yeah, yeah. he... he yeah. He absolutely doesn't contribute in terms of like knowledge of anything. It's all absolutely Nicholas has to basically tell him what to do most of the time. I mean, he does later on, he does stuff, but yeah, he really reminded me of Dr. Watson. In fact, I mean, Nicholas is just fucking anyway. We'll get on to later. Nicholas is Sherlock Holmes and James Bond (laughs) (laughs) together, yeah, Sherlock Bond because James Holmes lives down the street from me. (laughs) (laughs) They get the lead on Tanith and. Uh, they split up at this point. Rex goes to find Tanith and just kidnaps her. It's slash ask her to lunch. <laughs> that driving scene is some of the worst back screen projection or whatever you call it. That, you know, that hokey car with a thing traveling behind it. It's done so terribly in this film because it's clear that it's not like they cut from Rex's face to her face in the car and it's like the same angle of the background. It doesn't move. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. terrible. It's really bad. I don't know if it's bad for the time or if it's just what they had to work with for the time, but it's shockingly terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> oh, I should also say that when the cars appeared, like in this driving scenes, is when I was like, Oh, this probably is set earlier than 1968 because it's yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> when the cars appeared. For, I don't know. The like they, they're well. they're like they're rich guys in suits. Do you know what I mean? And then he uh, Rex is driving an old timey car, and I'm like, maybe he's just yep. got an old timey car. But yep. then where they pull up has an old timey car, and I'm like, okay, it's prob it's probably <laughs> yep. the olden days, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I did the exact. I did the exact same thing. I'm like. This movie, like, you know, just on, on face value, this movie must be set in 1968. This is what rich people are like. Yeah. Mm, these, these cars are looking I don't fucking know old. what 1968 was like for the upper class in England. Could easily yeah. have been that. It probably was. Yeah. It's just it probably still is. Drove newer cars. Or yeah, older the, cars. What's yeah, more of exactly. a symbol? So, yeah, it is the weirdest uh, kidnapping slash invitation to lunch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ah, Rex is pretty dishy. He's a bit of a beefcake. He is a bit of a beefcake. His voice isn't apparently. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll get onto that later. <laughs> she says no. She says that she doesn't want to go to lunch with him, and uh, then he starts interrogating her a little bit, and she says that you know there's a leader of the group called Mokata. Yeah, Mokata. And as Rex starts pressing her more and more about Makata, she tries to jump from the car, the she's, moving she's car. See, she sees Makata's eyes, doesn't she? Yes, she sees yeah. She sees his eyes. Um, Mesmerizing eyes. In, in the mirror of like, you better not fucking do anything. <laughs> I'm watching. And, and, you know, the voiceover is kind of that, like, you know, I, I, I see everything and yeah. I, I know what's happening. And so she tries to jump from a moving car and he, in a very 1960s fashion, just grabs her arm and goes, let's have none of that. 
so he he kidnaps her and takes her to friends of theirs uh nicholas's and his the eatons um, the eatons with their young daughter peggy peggy eaton yeah and like a moron uh, yeah. Rex gets out of the car <laughs> and goes over <laughs> jump literally the moment he parks up he jumps straight out and walks over and hugs does the he turn i don't think he turns the car off no. he just jumps no. straight out <laughs> He thinks it's a good idea to leave the woman that tried to jump from a moving vehicle alone in your car with the keys. So no guesses what happens. Next, she drives the fuck off and Rex steals the Eaton's car. Yeah. I need to borrow your car. See you later. Bye. Now, the car chase that ensues, some of it looks pretty good because it's just a camera behind the person driving, you know, the yeah. car and then you know they're skidding about and stuff but then it's interspersed with the terrible terrible back projection chaka, and, chaka, it, chaka, chaka, and there's chaka, a moment chaka, where yeah. they both drive through a puddle and it's clearly clear just chucked a bucket of water at the actors <laughs> to outside you forget you're, are you forgetting the best bit where he punches a hole through his windscreen oh that bit is brilliant yeah <laughs> uh, the, the one thing i actually did like about uh, really like about that scene is after he punches the windscreen out his eyes start getting watery yeah. because of the wind. <laughs> the wind yeah, such <laughs> a random like, detail to keep uh-huh. in. Yeah, because yeah, Makata like makes his entire windscreen opaque, so he just punches <laughs> a little fist-sized hole in it. It doesn't. It's, it's just a little fist-sized hole. It doesn't yeah. the whole thing doesn't go or anything? No, no. It was clear, like you know, it might as well have been a star shape that burst out of it, <laughs> like in perfect. <laughs> Uh, Makata then conjures a magic fog, causing Rex to crash. So he's now basically, you know, <laughs> completely, completely destroying the car he just borrowed through his oh, own yeah. ignorance, yeah, stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. car which I don't know if it's ever mentioned again. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think no, it is. Probably, probably not. Sorry about your car, old boy. You'll <laughs> he, he, have one of Nicholas's, one of his many. <laughs> At the party at the beginning, they're introduced. Uh, Nicholas and uh, Rex are introduced to a few people, including the most boss-eyed countess I've ever seen in my life. How dare you, sir? She's so boss-eyed. We're uh, going to get letters. <laughs> what, from... From Gwen Francon Davis. From the IT crowd, Boss Eyed Society or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so boss eyed. So, the, only, the reason I mentioned that is as uh, Rex is what, hoofing it either to, to, to continuing to chase Tanith or back home. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, she just randomly appears out of nowhere yep. and tries to run him over, yeah. screaming. <laughs> and then. We cut to ceremony. <laughs> well, mean, no, but, but, so, no, no, he, l- luckily, sorry, yes, he yeah, l- luckily, l- luckily, <laughs> luckily, she then turns into a graveyard, which is where she was going, apparently. So I don't know if she knew that it was him or she was just, she's just a psychopath that likes to run. But That's, basically, I mean, Makata thought, <laughs> no, thought it was a good idea to make Rex crash right at the last second where he's basically where they were driving to anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, so he just manages so he's, to catch up to all the Satanists and all their classic cars. And at this point, I was very confident that actually it's set in olden times. <laughs> I did Google, okay, I did also Google cars of 1968 to be 100%. And they do wow. look a lot more modern than these. <laughs> 
They don't have the hand cranks on the front and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So they drive into the middle of the forest uh, to have their cult meeting. And Rex spies on this. And my thought was... Why would you put the most of your your congregation in white and have your leaders in hot pink and purple? <laughs> and I mean hot pink and purple. Like, it is. They're lurid. Yeah. I think that's a thing of the time to kind of... Because, I mean, colour film was still cool. <laughs> still... <laughs> So I honestly think they want to give really bright, cool, color, like awesome colors. Hold the phone. What? When was color film? No, but I mean, like, I think at this point they still had rival color techniques and stuff like that. You know I, I, mean? I suppose tricolor and technicolor. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. It's just... it's the '60s version of CGI special effects. Just <laughs> purple robes. Whoa! No, we will get to the '60s version of CGI special effects. <laughs> Oh, we will get oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is the first appearance of Mokata in full, played by Charles Gray. Uh, for those of who, you who don't know him, he is Blofeld. Yeah. Particularly the Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. This is before Christopher Lee's Scaramanga as well, isn't it? I think so. Uh, I think The Man so. with the Golden Gun. I think that was after, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the ceremony, they get to summon in Baphomet. <laughs> well, well, well. They they kill a goat first, and oh, it's God, pretty so disgusting because the blood really squirts out. Uh, yeah, you know, it's but it's red, also the, slightly thin. Yeah, oh. it's also the most fake blood I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I thought it's just the style of the time. And then Rex runs away to the nearest phone box, <laughs> which apparently isn't that far away. <laughs> yeah, nineteen twenty-eight. And, there's a phone box nearby. And call and calls up Nicholas, who hot foots over. In his, well, it's just hot foots over in his car. Yeah, by, hot tires it over. <laughs> yeah, just drives over. Um, and we have the the crazy the crazy ceremony. They bring Baphomet to life. And do you know what Baphomet's it's, scared of? Do you know what Baphomet's scared of, Donald? Cars and lights. <laughs> no, see that bit's pretty cool. One of the things I found weirdest about the the ceremony slash celebration of uh, at the cult, yeah, the music that plays gets quieter away from the from the cult. When it cuts to Rex, the music's quieter. There's no one playing <laughs> instruments, and it's clearly the soundtrack. But it gets quieter whenever it cuts the, away from them. The whole, I think, the whole thing is as close to uh, opening of Blade style blood soaked dance party come orgy that you could get to in 1968, which is basically people bouncing around <laughs> and laughing. Blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a very jolly cult celebration. So Baphomet uh, is summoned. Um, the Goat of Mendes, the goat of as Mendes. Christopher Lee yeah, says. It's Baphomet. It's the Goat of Mendes! <laughs> and Christopher Lee knows exactly what to do with them. Attack him with cars. Yeah, lights. so Satan himself in his shirtless buff glory is just kind of watching the party happen. 
And it's a pretty goofy costume, but I thought it was pretty cool that they went as far. I bet it was pretty shocking for audiences in this time period to actually have, you know, Satan turn yeah, up at a party. Yeah, I was going to say and that. I, we are, like, maybe half hour th- into this movie and Satan's already here. Yeah, definitely. Slightly less than halfway, I'm sure. And yeah, Satan's just turned up and is like, oh, Christ. <laughs> He's only there for five minutes. I mean, I'm pretty, I, if I was a Satanist, I'd feel pretty proud. I mean, I'm assuming it's like if I had a birthday party and Drake turned up nowadays. Like, uh, getting an actual goat to... What? Oh, I thought you meant watching... If you were a Satanist watching this movie, I'd be like... I was like, I don't think they'd be proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I was throwing this little shindig and I, got, and I got the goat to turn up. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I don't mean the greatest of all time, but to say <laughs> well, that he about is. To, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is the goat. <laughs> The two-time goat himself. <laughs> yeah, so they deal with that. I mean, I was like, what the hell are they going to do? <laughs> and they bring it. <laughs> yeah, they, they summon Satan. I, well, to be fair, they've got demons, no, I meant, got I meant demons how... security. So why would you not expect them to summon Satan? <laughs> I meant how um, Nicholas and Rex deal with it. And I fucking love this. Uh, they, get in, they get in a car and they fucking just like... They, they, yeah, so Rex is on the side holding the crucifix. <laughs> Nicholas is driving, muttering a Sam <laughs> under his breath. <laughs> uh, and they just balls of brass go straight up, straight up for him. Drive straight into... Drive all of them. Yeah, yeah all of them. Straight into the maelstrom. <laughs> Rex, and getting... Rex throws a crucifix right at Satan who bursts. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, fuck this about Peace. <laughs> Even a vampire doesn't burst. Yeah. <laughs> and then the punches start flying. <laughs> yep, so uh, they they get Simon and they get Tanith and they get the fuck out of there. Yeah, w- w- yeah Tanith, uh, uh-huh. it's really weird because they go to the trouble of saying, oh, Tanith is a satanic thing, so she's already had her birthing ceremony. And then it turns out, oh, no, actually, she's having a birthing ceremony with Simon and Tanith is just her name. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, Chris convoluted. Really, and Chris really doesn't take a lot of um, credit for that one. You know, he yeah. was ready to like throw her to the wastes. Yeah, and he doesn't so much as do a my bad. Oops. Um, so they grab Tanith and they grab Simon and Rex, you know, punching people off the side of their slow Left moving car. And right, Makata gets punched. Just to everyone. Yeah. One punch KOs left and yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He he has the goat. <laughs> <laughs> and they fuck off to uh, Christopher Lee's uh, niece's house. Which is the Eatons. Yeah, the Eatons, yeah. So, yeah. yeah you, and the, I That's think this, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute, because you don't get a good look at the Eatons. I think it was when Peggy arrived. The second, like you know, after oh, they come like, back, oh, this is the same, same people. Because house. literally, yeah. you know, he ju- he jumps out this car, and you're like, "All right, who the fuck are these people?" Because he's like, "We're go- I'm going to lunch with some friends." Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know these people are going to be important to the story. Uh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. she fucks off in the car, and he steals the car. And I didn't think they were going to show up again. Uh, <laughs> and it turns out that that is um, Nicholas's niece and. Niece, nephew-in-law? I don't know how that works. I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've got to say, this poor bastard. <laughs> Who? The, the nephew-in-law. 
Well, having to go along with yeah, Crazy yeah, Uncle I, I, Nicholas. I, yeah, basically. <laughs> Crazy Uncle Nicholas showed... Right. Crazy Uncle Nicholas's pal just showed up and stole my car. Yep. And then showed didn't up again. Didn't come back with it. Didn't come back <laughs> with it. Came back with two random people and, my, and her uncle. Yep. And... We're staying. And also, we're in mortal danger. Yeah. (laughs) And so are you. We should really have gone back to Nicholas's. Um, And and the niece is like, yeah, right. To be fair, was there any reason for them to travel back to the Eatons? Because they were in a car. They could have just... Maybe the the Eatons was closer. But just keep driving is what I mean. No, they had to be out, out of London. I don't know if I don't know if Nicholas's was in London, but they had to be out of London. I have no idea why they had to be out of London, but they kept saying we cannot be in London. It's probably because it's go to Stranraer then. Probably, yeah, no. It's, it's, go I, to another place. No, the only options there. are London or just <laughs> outside, of, just outside of London. Yeah. Oh dear. It's probably because it was too expensive to film in London. I mean, they had yeah, yeah. They had basically yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 they go like they they make a point, and I really don't know why that they cannot go back to London. Um, so they drive to uh, Marie's, Marie Marie and Richards with daughter Peggy, the Eatons, the Eatons, and uh, they sit down, and Christopher Lee explains basically does the same spiel he did to Rex at the, at, at the beginning, yeah, and. They once again, so they set uh, Rex with Tanith. She goes to bed, and oh, and he and he, and, yeah, kissing her, kind of, or like touching her up a little bit. Yeah, like, he's 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 very lovingly forward, lovingly. Yeah, um, it's the whole like. Hey, she reciprocates, but it's still a bit like she's just been in some kind of traumatic situation. I don't. <laughs> I don't does, know just... I, she actually doesn't reciprocate at this point. She like because because he's like goes to kiss her and she's like no, and he does the grabs her face and turns it back. You know that romantic move from the sixties, um, and I, they don't really do anything, and he just kind of yeah. creeps, like because, like he literally walks into her room, she's under the covers, and he's just yeah. like glowering over her. It's horrible, yeah. and he just stays there, and he just stays there. It's nice. Um, <laughs> and then they set Richard up uh, with Simon and say, "Do not leave him for an instant." Yeah. Um, Is which... this the point where Nicholas says, "I've got to go now"? Yeah. Nicholas <laughs> does this. At... Say why? Yeah. <laughs> so that this is not the first time he does this in the movie. I, I, I've got business to attend and to. He li- so, yeah. Uh, this is why I kept. Th- it's... <laughs> this is why I kept thinking he was the bad guy. He just every now and again would be like, "I've got shit to do." Bye. Yeah, yeah. I've... And as soon, literally, as he drives away, Makata's there watching from the drive away, and then Makata drives up. Literally yeah. the same. Minute. Um, and Makata comes in and um, asks if Simon and. Uh, Tanith are there. Yeah, uh, but, he, he has this conversation uh, with Marie, and yeah, but Marie's wise to it because she knows that. Yeah, Marie's it, yeah. Nicholas said if there's if uh, Mister Makata shows up, yeah, <laughs> he is not to be trusted. Yeah, so uh, she basically you know rebuffs all of his uh, attempts at you know getting information and getting these people, and then he begins to intimidate her. Um, well, he mesmerizes her, really. Well, yeah, well, are you but, getting onto that? Yeah, I, mean, I am getting onto yeah. that. But he does. Um, 
he does start like just by intimidating. Yeah, a little um, bit of sinisterness. Yeah, a little bit. Man, it's the close-up of his face and like it, that it, is really good with I the, with the really eyebrow, like... with the eyebrow yeah. that just like there are. This movie, and we will talk more about this later. This movie is pretty schlocky. Oh yeah, there are a few moments where absolute stellar acting comes out. One of them yeah. is Christopher Lee talking to Rex at the beginning. Like, yeah. it is it's more on the side of schlock that one yeah but it is a very well done speech yeah like with a lot of gravitas and really adds a lot of weight to the movie it kind of keeps you going for the next wee bit and this was the next bit where fuck me this scene is excellent (laughs) like charles gray absolutely i i don't know what he thought he was getting into but he went in with both hands uh with this role and fucking like he is He, he is intimidating he is his eyes are very weird <laughs> and he does it very well and then he just like leans forward and says where is simon it's yeah. very, it is very good yeah he's he, he he has very piercing eyes and yeah he doesn't move his face except for yeah, one uh-huh. eyebrow twitch whenever he's talking <laughs> and it just it is, it is a stellar very, stellar it, speech yeah, yeah um, really good so then, yeah, he he continues on and seeing that he's not getting anywhere starts to mesmerize her. Um, and it is only... So the, not only does he mesmerize her, um, Simon wakes up and starts strangling Richard. Yeah. Uh, and Tanith, Tanith wakes up knife. and grabs yeah. a knife and uh, is about to stab Rex. Just by sheer luck, uh, the... <laughs> the... What? Servant boy, butler. Servant no, it's man. Peggy, I think. Oh, it is Peggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peggy runs in. Yeah, Peggy Mama. bursts in the door. Oh, <laughs> fucking kids. Man. Everyone's trying to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mama, what's happening? And that breaks the trance. Yeah, uh, and, then, and, and then and then Marie calls for little Butler Jenkins or whatever. Yeah, I. And then he's like, um, they. She says, "Get out!" And he's, like, "I'm leaving." Yeah, the butler's a bit of a badass. He's like, he just comes in. She's like, get him out, and he's like, he's ready to throw down. Yeah, and he's like half the size. He's half the size of <laughs> yeah. Charles Green. He's like, come on. I'll he doesn't even question it. Yeah. He just starts walking toward. Um, he buttles well. Um, so Makata leaves, and everyone comes out of their trances. Tanith horrified and you know i don't want to hurt anyone just i nearly murdered the love of my life yeah get, gets out <laughs> yeah gets out this uh this apparently well-guarded house full of people uh with no issue whatsoever and can i just say rex is the first worst guard ever he just falls asleep <laughs> yeah. and doesn't know i'm pretty sure if someone was standing hey they were up all knife, night literally banishing satan he's allowed to rest not when he's still got shit to do. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he um Rex eventually eventually wakes up and gets the hell out, uh chasing after Tanith. And yeah, in true sixty style, you know, wrestling ra- her. Oh yeah. He's a bit grabby. He is very Rex is very grabby. He's a real man. A man's man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> He's gay. Well, yeah. So yeah, Tanith is like, I, do, I can't stay here. I don't want to hurt anyone. Let's go somewhere else. And Rex is like, well, okay, I'll come with yep. you. My love. <laughs> my, my love. <laughs> my one and only. 
I, I, so we cut back to the house. Nicholas comes back, and it's funny because. Uh, Richard bursts out the room being like, oh, he tried to strangle me and then he just went back to sleep. And I was like, but you were told not to leave him. <laughs> why, <laughs> why did you run out here? Call for the butler, ring a bell. Um, but Nicholas comes back and he's like, oh, we're all in mortal danger. And then it cuts to the most disturbing shot of the whole movie. And it's just Tanith tied up in a barn. <laughs> Sweaty. Sweaty with... <laughs> and writhing. And writhing and looking like... And Rex looking like he's... Like, Intense. But he, the look... What I it got from yeah. it was that he was like, I'm so sorry, I've done this. I'm a monster. Yeah, it's either extreme concern or deep, deep horniness. That's the two yeah, options yeah. I got out of it. It was... It's not nice. It um, nice. And then it just cuts back for a wee minute. Uh... Just for another wee wee second of um, Nicholas and Marie, and then we cut back, and it's uh, he pulls the gag out of her mouth, <laughs> and and it turns out that this is consensual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is consensual. Noted. <laughs> and it, kicking Mukata is kind of like kicking a drug habit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so she, you know, she's trying to essentially get it out of her system. Rat, like you know, it stops her from hurting anyone else or hurting herself, and they're just going to do this in this barn. And then we go back to Nicholas and family in the house where Nicholas has made a it's a Pro- protective, protective circle. circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. the the weird part is that like it's just got random. Is it Latin on it? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is written around it. It's just names of stuff. I bet it's names of demons or saints or something. And Rex is uh, very easily overtaken by the powers of Tanith slash Makata, I suppose, uh, yeah. when she just stares at him. And yeah. then he unties her and then falls asleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really it's a really <laughs> weird scene. She literally just stares at him and then sleep. And then the circle is basically the setting for the most, most of the, of, most of the mo- rest of the film. No, yeah. we've we've got we've got two locations. Location. Yeah, yeah, we've got two yeah, more locations. Yeah. I, I, this is kind of like the climax for me. But then there is, I suppose, there is next. There is. I am wrong in saying that. I understand, but it's the climax of my enjoyment of the film. I'll say that. So, over the next like fifteen minutes, we play a fun game of don't break the circle. <laughs> yeah, uh, at which which is basically just. Satan, Makata, uh, demons, demons, bad, evil. Yeah, evil is trying to um, get them to break the circle by doing things like, uh, oh, there's someone at the door, or yeah, oh, this this water's disgusting. I'm thirsty, uh, yeah. and especially for the more the more skeptical Richard, you know, <laughs> it's it's where Nicholas pulls out again. I beg, yeah. I've never begged you yeah. for anything. And I will only ask this of you once in our lives. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Richard, Richard, to his credit, does go, I mean, it's a pretty cheap trick, but I'll do it. <laughs> um, And then we have my favourite scene, which is where Peggy bursts in the room. Yep. A oh, lot, and there's so a giant spider. There in the is room. there yeah. is a quote unquote giant spider 
It's terrible. It's amazing. So it's either like um, rotos. Is it rotoscoped or uh, superimposed? Superimposed. Yeah, blue screened onto onto the uh, on. Very poorly. <laughs> when yeah, when it's the when other people are on screen, when yep. other people are not on screen, they have built a tiny, tiny set for a real yes. tarantula, <laughs> and it is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it is meant to be terrifying, and it is honest. You know They've made tiny candles and tiny <laughs> doors. And do you know what's really strange? Like I was watching the Hound of the Baskervilles, which is a Hammer movie with Peter Cushing in it, and uh, and Christopher Lee, and it's good. And at the start of that, there's also a tarantula scene, and it's like portrayed as ultimate. Oh my god! Like Christopher Lee's like, get it off me, and then they smash it to bits. But it's, tarantulas back in sixties Britain must have been like the most exotic horrible terrible sights ever to behold i think we often like I, I honestly think we do often forget how quickly and i'm aware this is a tangent um <laughs> things like that uh ha- rapidly progressed like we forget that yeah. the, the things were exotic back in the 60s yeah like yeah, there was yeah. fruit that was, exo- was exotic back in the 60s <laughs> whereas we we're like what you, like kiwi fruit's a normal thing you would get in your yeah. supermarket <laughs> Um, so I, I, I do kind of know what you mean by that. Like, I think yeah. those kind of things were seen as more... It um, was a cultural thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, Symbols of horror, the tarantula. But in, I mean, Home Alone was the, <laughs> the last time. That was used as fear, and that was... Yeah. You literally had to place it on Joe Pesci's face. No, it was the other guy. Oh, yeah. I can't, uh, can't remember his name, though. Howard You'll Stern. Remember. You'll remember it. Go oh, on. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. Is, You're going to get there. It is Stern. You're going to get there. It is Stern. He's Googling it. It's being Googled. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yes! I got there without Google. Are I you? win. Yes! Um, yeah, tarantulas, man. But yeah, in 2020, that uh, that, scene, that scene plays as absolutely adorable. I mean, the bigger question of this scene uh-huh. that kind of puts in question the whole plan is they've got the four of them in a protective circle to ward off evil, mm-hmm. but they've decided to put peggy with the butler yeah. in another room entirely yeah i found that weird as well <laughs> and the only reason they do that is so that a vision of peggy can come in and, and do oh, really terrible yeah. acting against the superimposed tarantula so that christopher lee can make her disappear and then melt the tarantula <laughs> yeah yeah they didn't have enough justification apparently for putting peggy and the butler in there so they're playing <laughs> i don't know bridge in the other room <laughs> And so, in one last attempt to get uh, them to leave the circle, the angel of death shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I Did he have wings or did the horse have wings? Uh, there was fabric looking wings got yeah it's very like, fabric looking wings yeah they don't it doesn't even look slightly real it is just like costume bat wings so the angel of death appears and rider on a horse we riding should on say. a horse and doesn't really do much no he just well the horse whinnies a lot yeah the horse whinnies and bucks a wee the angel bit. of death does nothing they yet yes <laughs> uh, but but he he just kind of annoys them with his horse Hoping yeah. that'll get like you're the angel of death. This is yeah. I don't know, set the room on fire. <laughs> um, Kill Peggy and the butler. <laughs> and yeah, to to really top off his his appearance, he pulls off his mask, 
while <laughs> while in front of a un un like um affected blue screen yeah they didn't they did and not just, finish the effect and so it's, it's just a, a skull. skull in front of blue it's yeah. just a skull and a wearing a helmet arm, uh-huh, wearing wearing a chainmail <laughs> yeah. ju- just in front of blue <laughs> yeah and my thing was why was that even on a blue screen you had I, yeah, you had the guy <laughs> you had the room yeah just 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 bring a, a yeah bring yeah. a skull yeah yeah I guess they probably thought, oh, this needs more impact. <laughs> we'll add something later. Whoa. Yeah, and then forgot. And they run the footage back and forth, which looks terrible. Yeah. So, so it, it's kind of, it goes up, then they reverse it, and then it goes up and down. It's, I don't know if that would have passed in the 60s, but it's so, so glaringly obvious. Yeah. Like, to modernize. Oh, yeah. Like... I think I, I think it. I think that would have just been glanced over from a sixties audience. Yeah, maybe. So Simon starts freaking out, and how do we deal with Simon when he freaks out, Donald? Yeah, punch the fuck out of him once, t- once, <laughs> only once, never more than once. He never takes more than one. So with the with the angel of death there, uh, Christopher Lee brings up the magic words which he's never mentioned before. That he can yep. never say, ever. Can never say. Don't, ever, never, say don't ever say the magic words. So 30 seconds later, he says the magic word. So he basically says, that, yeah, I can't use the magic words because it will unravel time and space. Yeah. Then he says the magic words and nothing angel happens. Angel death fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the angel of death, like the camera cuts and then the angel of death just isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> banished, Donald. Banished. Yeah. 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 But with no effect, <laughs> that's the only thing. No, no. <laughs> Donald would run, as I you wonder, can see by the blue screen, would run out of effect money by the Yeah, time. I do wonder if maybe they were supposed to do something with that skeleton-faced rider superimposed, but they ran out of time to do that as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it it's going to be on fire! Of, yeah, because it's a shot of Christopher Lee in the, like, the left quarter of the screen and lots of empty space, yeah. but there's nothing there. Yeah. So he says the words... Nothing happens. Uh, but we do find out that Peggy's gone. Yep. Uh, Peggy has been taken. Yeah, because they didn't try and protect her in any capacity. No. The the guy was there. He was fine. He would have got it. He wasn't fine. No, nah, he was she, she wasn't overpowered fine. or succumbed to mesmerism or whatever. But we also find out that the price for him saying the magic words was the yep. death of Tanith. Yeah. Uh, which Rex comes carrying her body in, and yes, just to just in case people are wondering, no, nothing happens in between her hypnotizing him and making him untie her and fall asleep, and her dying. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> escape to do anything. She looks out. <laughs> she looks out the window of the barn, then dies. <laughs> You're up to date. So she's dead and. Um, they do a seance, you know, summoning to get Tanith to possess uh, Marie, the Christopher Lee's niece. Yeah. Um, and I feel that I feel they kind of waste this opportunity to a certain extent, and then Rex is just useless and ruins the whole thing. But they do get what they need out. But he's of- too full of love. Uh, fuck off. Yeah, because it's the man he loves. The the woman they just he, need to the know, they just need and... to know where she's been taken. That's yeah, all. Yeah, 
Simon's fucked off at this point. Yeah. The little um, Weasley bastard that he is. Yeah. He he woke up while they were distracted by Peggy. And they Simon makes his way back to the cult um for the final ritual. Um yeah. and at this point I got confused because a lot of people call Simon's son throughout the movie. Including oh, to me, I didn't including notice. Blofeld at this point. And I was like, wait, but they knew his dad. Nah. Maybe nah nah nah. So but it, it, just... it was I think it was just the term a lot of the older people use, but it's just like I was just like Maybe they were just saying Simon weird. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> so Simon, you know, wants the girl to be okay and will do whatever, but then he's like Blofeld's like now nah, we're gonna kill her and you're gonna be part of it and then simon kind of just has to go along with it all right okay so they prepare for the sacrifice of peggy at which point our four heroes <laughs> the eatons nicholas and rex uh <laughs> arrive to disrupt the ceremony at this point it's just deus ex machina everywhere marie gets possessed by Tanith? Tanith? God? The angel of death? But whatever she does, she just walks up and saves the day. None of the cult <laughs> members try and stop her. She just walks over and, <laughs> and they cower. And then she sets the place on fire. Yeah, there's like like uh, lightning. Yeah, there's there's a strike of lightning. And she yeah, sets the place on, the on fire. While yeah. while while um the the six good Simon apparently Simon gets another reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> uh six heroes just stand in a, an unburning corner and watch <laughs> Blof- burning their eyes. And yeah, watch the cult Blofeld. members all get burnt alive. Yeah. <laughs> Including uh Blofeld, uh, Makata, who dies on blue screen. As there's flames behind him, and he just kind of looks behind. We only see the top half of him. He looks behind him, and then just kind of flops on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's his death scene. Um, so yeah, everything burns, and all of a sudden, our heroes are back in the circle. Time was reversed, and the future was changed in their favor. Simon and Tanith are totally fine. They're all back home. Makata's spell to conjure the angel of death has been reflected back on him and because the angel of death requires a soul, Makata is now dead. Yes. That is basically, what I've just done is basically how Nicholas sums up the events. Yeah, pretty much. Then The only reason any of this happens is so that Tanith can come back to life, really. Yeah. So that her and Rex can live happily ever after. He literally says at the end, it is to God whom they should be thankful <laughs> then credits do they do then they address credits. why they know about it no. no 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 they don't know about it nicholas knows about it no but how come they remember oh do they don't remember nicholas remembers no they, i think i think they just remember i think it's yeah. just they just remember maybe the cult members yeah. remember too maybe they're like yeah, oh yeah. fuck better turn this around <laughs> uh but yeah nicholas literally like they go what happened and nicholas goes Here's a brief summary of all the events. <laughs> Credits. Hold on, I'm going to get out a blackboard in shock. Now bear with me on this one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's literally a minute of talking heads. Quick, we've got to wrap all this up. Yeah, Quick. Christopher Lee telling you the end of the movie. And they, like, I was so blown away by how abruptly this movie ends. 
<laughs> and that's yeah. That's a succinct, unsuccinct summary of The Devil Rides Out, I'd say. Yep, pretty much. So, Hammer Horror. The, re- the reason that we're spending two episodes in England, spoilers for the future episodes, the reason we're doing that is uh, we felt that going over a Hammer Horror really would... It would be remiss not to. But we also wanted to go over a newer film, which we'll do next episode. So, Hammer Horror, it's a British institution... Uh, it's totally synonymous with horror, as in, you know, Hammer is just a production studio. But whenever yeah, you they're say called, Hammer, they're called Hammer Films Productions. Yeah, but you say Hammer Horror now, you don't. They do do other films still, but they they've you know researched and done horror films. But when you think Hammer, you have to think horror. Uh, and they basically the films they made from the fifties to the seventies, a lot of them are classic British horror movies now, starring Christopher Lee. A lot, yeah, a lot of them start because yeah. uh, they, they reuse Pierre, a lot Pierre of the Cushing. same actors. Yeah, they, re- yeah, they, yeah. they have a stable of actors that are... Uh, Oliver uh, Reed. Yeah, like, yeah they, are, they are synonymous with Hammer Horror. They are synonymous mm-hmm. with Hammer as Hammer as Horror kind of thing. You can't have one without the other. They kind yeah. of all make each other kind of great in a way. So I was trying to find out, like... To our eyes, this movie is not scary. <laughs> no. there, there was I, I the bit at the start in the in uh, Simon's uh, apartment uh, that was kind of sinister when they they go in and the lights turn down until you and okay the demon's a little bit sinister but when he actually appears I was like all right I'm not going to find this scary up until that point I was like oh this is kind of a little bit creepy you know it's a little bit sinister so it does have like an atmosphere of horror but it's not actually scary to modern yeah. audience doing so i was trying to find out more about like what they thought about the time so uh before they did the way before they did this move back in the 50s they were doing did you ever hear of quatermass nope it's a pretty famous kind of like sci-fi horror thing i actually do mean to watch it so that that's how they got their big break and apparently that some of that stuff is still excellent really low budget though so it's probably hard to watch nowadays so they released a movie called quatermass experiment X, the <laughs> experiment is spelled X, letter X, experiment, to cash nice. in on the X rating of films. <laughs> and I was like, that's so 90s. Nice. <laughs> they then submitted a script for a film called X, The Unknown. They were really bigging up the rated X thing at the time. And a censor said, no one can say customers won't have had their money's worth by now. In fact, someone will almost certainly have been sick. We must have a great deal more restraint and much more done by onlookers' reactions instead of by shots of pulsating obscenity, hideous scars, hideous sightless faces, etc., etc. It is keeping on and on in the same vein that makes this script so outrageous. They must take it away and prune. Before they take it away, however, I think the president of the BBFC should read it. I have a stronger stomach than the average for viewing purposes, and I perhaps ought to be reacting more strongly. (laughs) (laughs) And then... They made Curse of Frankenstein, uh, which was, that was their big, like, kind of, that started the gothic horror thing. It had mm-hmm. Peter Cushing in it, Christopher Lee, directed by Terence Fisher, who directed this film. Terence Fisher was one of the directors who did a lot of their big stuff, and he was pushing the boundaries of horror for the time. But the way he did that was with, like, bosoms that were <laughs> kind of pushed, yeah. you know, kind of slightly erotic things that to nowadays are not erotic at all and like visual gore but it's actually just red blood like blood that's actually the color red not blood that's you know black because it was filmed in black and white so mm. even seeing that kind of stuff in color was shocking so 
A critic for The Observer said of Kirsten Frankenstein, described it as among the half dozen most repulsive films I have encountered. <laughs> it's just like, just, just for the fact that seeing blood. So I think That's this film's probably the same way, like see the stuff with the goat and stuff and all that stuff. Probably was really fucking shocking, but I imagine if they'd seen like Martyrs or a Serbian film. Like nowadays, we can't approach this as anything other than hopefully entertaining, schlocky kind of fun. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just crazy and i mean even if you're not talking about like i mean you could look at it, something like the witch like which has yeah. its moments of gore or like that would they'd think it was a documentary it, of- it is crazy. <laughs> i mean the the extra i mean so this is 1968 so the exorcist was around the same time as well so some films do still hold up in terms of scares but i think it's the films that tried to go for a more lurid kind of shocking gore yeah. I mean, you know, kind of like your hostels of the day. Those are the ones that really don't work anymore in terms of frights kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so Terence Fisher directed Curse of Frankenstein. He kept working with the studio. They made a lot of hits. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. Devil Rides Out was one of his last films because he was actually involved in a car accident during post-production, which might actually explain why some of the effects are unfinished. Because uh, he couldn't, he literally couldn't finish the film. He was... Uh, really badly hurt so he had to recover for a long time and only made he made one film after and i think that was him he was done forever kind of thing well so maybe i don't know i never actually thought that till i was just talking about it just now but it would actually make sense right yeah yeah the film's based on a book have you read the book oh of course yeah me too it's great isn't it mm. so, so we don't the- need to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so the book's author, Dennis Wheatley, was a direct inspiration on Ian Fleming creating James Bond. I didn't know that before watching the film, but you really do get a sense of that. I mean, but the film was made, obviously, after James Bond was a thing. So it's probably kind of the books led to, like, you know, influence the, the film, the films of James Bond, which then influenced this film. But I did totally get like a cool kind of James Bond secret agent vibe off the Duke pretty much the whole time through it. Just because he's so, mm-hmm. uh, just because the way he kind of commands himself, and he—I mean, obviously—he's just physically and kind of his personality-wise, he's very intimidating to all the other characters, and he always seems to kind of know what's going on. You know, he doesn't get made a fool of or anything like that. He's always kind of one step ahead in terms of, I know exactly what's going on right now, and I'm going to have to explain it to everyone else, or I'm just going to have to handle this by punching Simon or something like that. Yeah, which kind of leads on to the review of the film. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I, I think that a lot comes back to you, as what you were saying about the era and what you go into this movie looking for in 2020. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Did you, is it an enjoyable film to watch? Not, is it a good horror movie to watch now? Yeah, yeah <laughs> to, totally. Um, I, I, there were bits of it that was a struggle. Again, oh, really? I, I, I struggle with older movies, um, uh. but I think, I think that with this, because it is so over the top it works for me yeah it's just those slower moments that 1960s movies tend to have and you i know, think the- i think it's got a good pace to it though i mean it's 90 yeah, minutes oh, yeah yeah i it, mean it, it, I, I'd, I'd say probably better than i know what you mean but i think this movie gets away with it because i'd be the same clips along better. yeah it, it does yeah. have moments of but hopefully yeah so like the rex tanith stuff is kind of like right check out for this but i mean if christopher lee's on screen he can kind of carry it off kind of thing oh yeah yeah uh, you know as i said the performances of christopher lee and charles gray are great just like they 
this is obviously not the best movies either of them have been in, but they go into it with full gusto and yeah. absolutely nail their parts. I got a few, quite a few laughs out of it. Obviously, yeah. it's just it's kind of can't yeah. not. Yeah, but no, I think it, it again. It was it works well for what it is. As you said, the that demon uh, with the eyes isn't scary. I look. It was I unsettling. Find that, I find that jarring. Yeah, because it, it, it was the first special. At it being, yeah, it was the first special effect of the movie, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it wasn't that I was actually, you know, creeped out by it. But yeah, I, I I thought it was a lot better than I expected it to be. Uh, yeah, the it brought a lot of its effect with very little actually happening. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was goofy fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- would I recommend this over any other kind of movie within this? genre that kind of schlocky old horror probably not there's probably better ones um but if you're just looking for a full-on christopher lee and i i mean it's christopher lee one is a good guy and two with the best beard i've ever seen in my life (laughs) this so this movie is touted as one of the better hammer horrors to introduce yourself to because it's kind of got a fun pace for modern audiences and i kind of agree with that it is kind of even though it's not your class so it's not your classic hammer horror movie in terms of it's not got dracula or frankenstein or anything like that in it it's not gothic it's not like you know i mean so it's got it's kind of different christopher lee said it was his favorite of all the hammer horror movies wow um it's pretty i mean it seems like an enjoyable role to play and i think he got absolutely sick of playing dracula and started phoning it in because they kept (laughs) dragging him back so yeah it might be understandable why he liked this one yeah Um, one of the things that is nice about it you know compared to movies as you said uh, of that ilk is it is a relative i know it's just about devil worship but it's a relatively original story although yeah although I think it was shocky too. See, the opening with the like lurid green and red satanic that imagery. Is I thought actually, fantastic. I was like, I you don't get that even nowadays. Yeah. Like full on Alistair Crowley style. Makata is obviously inspired by Alistair Crowley. Um, full on satanic stuff and dramatic strings and orchestral music and stuff i was like this is pretty good no like, totally right you, off the bat you'd mentioned it earlier and we wanted to come back to it, but yeah it's that opening is possibly the best part of the movie it it would it would very cool it would hold up nowadays in a in a horror movie yeah i think so a hundred percent like yeah. it's um definitely like very progressive for the time yeah um, you know what you're getting you in know, for I, <laughs> Satan <laughs> yeah totally um, and uh, like as you're saying of like what people were accustomed to I mean we're what 20 years away from the the scare of the you know satanic music in the yeah, 80s yeah yeah like that would I think that would have had an impact pretty yeah I think it would have been yeah, pretty bloody I, jarring uh, no a, a really great opening yeah. opening credits yeah uh, opening whatever it's called <laughs> opening opening an opening opening but the last 10 minutes uh completely falls apart for me they, uh, they just pulled like they pulled an ending right out of their arse I, it does make me wonder how the book ended but i'm not I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna go read it i did i did uh really enjoy it like i think it's the kind of film 
you could probably watch this in a group kind of thing if you're kind of up for a bit of a laugh because it is a lot of bits are funny yeah no, not to take away from it because it's enjoyable like it's fun I kind of look at this movie more like um, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy kind of just a fun adventure fun kind of thing yeah, yeah. Um, and then you get to laugh at the giant tarantula and the angel of death and stuff like that but then you get Christopher Lee being an absolute badass and you get the goat of mending <laughs> Yeah, you know the stuntman who did that ripped stuntman. He was the alien in Alien. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? It's so weird. So there was um, it was one thing I, I, you know, when looking at this movie, it was obviously it was to try and get an idea of the time. So other movies that came out in 1968, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, Oliver. Um... So Rosemary's Baby being released the same year and covering similar stuff, but in a totally different style. Yeah, and that's why I, with a lot of these movies, I th- I feel I get, or at least with that era of uh, movie, they were kind of in that in between period. Like I would call two thousand one a space odyssey modern cinema. Yeah, I would call what we just watched classic cinema yeah the same. i get what they, you mean yeah uh-huh, exactly they've got a feel to them they've got a look to them yeah and obviously they're set like a hundred years apart but you know it's it yeah. is a very much uh less of a stage um, play kind of thing exactly no that is an excellent way to put it um and it is that break away from that um yeah so yeah it, it, it is definitely under that classic cinema feel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah you, you're definitely gonna have a laugh you're gonna it's it's a romp yeah by, if you're interested by, by in today's standards yeah i think it's a, it is a, it is recommended as a hammer horror movie to dip your toe in for a reason like yeah. it is it is it's easy to watch it's not you can just stick it on and if you know you'll be looking out for that kind of stuff anyway if you're interested in hammer horror because you should know what you're getting in for which is cheesy cheesy stuff by modern standards but yeah i think it's fun yeah and it's still a horror. <laughs> oh, it is a horror. There's no, there's no like ups or downs about it. It is a horror movie. It's it's different from what we're used to now. Yeah. And I think a lot of that kind of... It, it's probably one of the last kind of remnants of that kind of, you know, your Bela Lugosi period, your Christopher Lee period. Well, I mean, you know, like I say, the the director was involved two, in that. Two more bad accident he did one film after which wasn't i don't think it was anywhere near as well received so it really was kind of the end of a lot of that stuff i don't think the hammer studios carried on for a bit but i mean i think it shut his doors in the 70s so and didn't come back till uh a couple years last ago. decade well yeah. they, they did let me in and stuff yeah and, let uh, me in and women in black yeah and they did that one with i'm sure chris released in it and it's like a woman in an apartment or something like that i never actually watched it but so yeah, this is kind of like towards the end. 2007 they came back. Yeah, yeah. And they still seem to be doing good, which is nice. Yeah, they they seem to, like, I mean, Let Me In was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not usually a fan of uh, remakes. Yeah. Uh, especially of foreign, like, I, I, I don't like old boy remake. Uh, yeah the, no one like that wreck. no but <laughs> that, right. well yeah. wreck, the wreck remake no wreck one and like quarantine that. Are, yeah yeah okay yeah they've got really bad track records for redoing movies yeah what about you do like do, any more thoughts on it 
I think I think I would watch it as a it's hard because when I say watch it with friends, usually that's reserved for stuff like just the shittest films ever. But it's not shit when I say you could probably have a fun time watching it with friends and doing a drink every time someone gets punched. <laughs> so like that. I think yeah. that there's a great drinking game in this film somewhere. Like, oh yeah. I, I, I probably would have had I, I was actually like having a giggle to myself watching it at times. But in a fun way. And like I I came out of it being like, yeah, I like that film. I didn't think that film was pathetic or, you know, just trying and failing. It's just got it's just got contrivances of the era kind of thing. I'd totally yeah. give it a break. And oh god, yeah, I was meaning to mention this. Uh <laughs> they used three tarantulas, okay? Wow. First one died because the studio liked for too hot. <laughs> Second one was brought in to shoot the sequence, uh-huh. and then they brought in a third that they said had da- already died, and then what? they poured they poured acid on it. <laughs> oh <laughs> come the, on! So the melting spider, the melting spider is actually a melting spider, <laughs> but but already dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it died of a heart attack, probably or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Though, see how you go. Oh no. Back uh-huh. in the sixties, you would have been like, "Good, kill them all." Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I found that entire, I found that entire scene adorable. Like that, <laughs> that spider is scared at some points, trying to like intimidate the camera, but you can see quite clearly it's a tiny little spider. Well, now you get to know that that spider that you think is tiny and cute is dead. I mean, he was always going to be dead. It was 68. <laughs> oh, like, what? <laughs> there was also a subplot in the novel where uh, Satanists wanted to start a world war by getting the talisman of Set. Do you know what the talisman of Set is? Uh, only in broad terms. If broad terms is a good way to say it. It's a mummified penis. <laughs> and the Duke destroys it at the end. But for some reason, they thought maybe the censors might have a problem with that. So they left out the film. I really wish they had kept it in. I actually think that this film, funny you mentioned remakes. You could probably remake this into a pretty fucking scary film. Like, yeah. I can't. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of instances of Satan on the screen. Well, like actual Satan. And the ones that are nowadays are all like smooth suit wearers. Like Christopher Lee looks. That's what Satan looks like nowadays. Yeah. Like a giving giving us a goat, a sinister goat of Mendez Satan could be really scary if someone's skillful enough to pull it off. So you you liked the Duke de Richelieu, Richelieu? Yeah, Richelieu? of course I did. Well, he is a character in eleven novels. <laughs> I've not read them. <laughs> no. Do you know uh, Richard Matheson wrote this movie? Which initially I was like, what the hell? Because he's the I Am Legend novelist. But, yeah. but then he wrote loads of stuff. He wrote loads of episodes of Twilight Zone, including the William Shatner gremlin on the wing of the plane thing. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to go and read the extended adventures of... No. Uh, not even in such movie, uh, such books as Dangerous Inheritance? <laughs> what? That sounds like a Steven Seagal movie from nowadays. Yeah, um, yeah. Dangerous Inheritance, st- Strange Conflict. Oh my god. The Golden Spaniard. No, I might read The Golden Spaniard. I mean, the, he, here are two that are, I feel, at the complete opposite ends of what I would expect these books to be. We have uh, Code Word Golden Fleece. And gateway to hell. 
<laughs> that's so yeah because the first one sounds like a spy thriller yeah they sound like and the a second mixture, one they, sounds like this yeah they sound like yeah. a mixture between spy thrillers and devil worship but my favorite one my favorite one donald that i might just have to read <laughs> three inquisitive people <laughs> it's called three inquisitive people yeah <laughs> What is the plot summary of three? I, I, don't, I have nothing on it. I have nothing on it. Oh, but wait. Um, the modern musketeers were formed from a group of three inquisitive people who met in November 1931. De Richelieu's three new friends were Simon Aaron. We know him. Oh, nice. A, le- a left-leaning Anglo-Jewish banker. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that and, from... <laughs> and partner in Schrochild Brothers. Aviator... Oh. Rex Macintosh Van Ryn. He's an oh, aviator. He's his an aviator. Macintosh. <laughs> yeah, and he's also a pilot. <laughs> the athletic son of uh, Derishlu's old American friend Chanik Van Ryn. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's Rex's son and Richard Eaton. We've met him. Oh. A conservative Englishman and publisher. Oh, that does sound quite appealing, doesn't it? A little bit. So we go from Three Inquisitive People, the Modern Musketeers, straight into the forbidden territory of Soviet prison camps. Rex gets imprisoned in Siberia. The Duke killed a man following them and having freed Rex was arrested near Romanovsk. <sighs> Maybe I've got to read one of these. <laughs> Maybe I've got to read one of these. They sound fun. See, it depends if they are as, you know, rollicking good times as the film was. I mean, they made a living off them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I've got too much to read. Um, (laughs) Before before adding the 11 books. All created by by one person. Oh, wow. Sorry. One more thing. I I hovered over one of the author's other books, not create. There's another series called the. the, He wrote a lot, by the way. Uh, Gregory Sallist series. Uh, It's called They Used Dark Forces. And the cover is a goat's head with a swastika above it. Oh, my good Christ. What's it called again? (laughs) They, They Used Dark Forces. Oh no. German super weapon. Oh man. Uh-huh. Oh, that could be fun. Hypnotism in Hitler's bunker. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, by the way, that's that's the second last book in a series of 1 2 3 11 again. <laughs> wait, the, wait, wait. He also wrote so he wrote the Gregory Sallust Chronicles as well, is that? Yeah, as well as the Julian Day novels, the Roger Brooks series, oh, historical non-fiction, war papers and autobiographies, uh, private really... printings, <sighs> other other occult novels, that's The Haunting of Toby Jug. Why Fil- did he write so fucking much? Oh my I'm god. Re- the Haunting no. of Toby Jug was turned into 2006 high psychological thriller starring your friend and mine Robert Pattinson. What? It was aired, first aired on BBC Four. We might have our next watch. <laughs> the Haunted Airman. Oh, God. The, oh, he's Pattinson. full on Twilight. Yeah, oh, Pattinson starring is fine. Twilight's Robert Pattinson. Oh, Pattinson no. is fine. He does what he always does, broods. He also smokes a lot of cigarettes while brooding. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I might need to watch this. 
<laughs> you're not gonna watch this. You're not gonna watch this any more than I'm gonna fucking read all. I'm, I'm more likely to. I'm more likely to watch this. Hey, track ten of the soundtrack, spiders. I was about to say that normally at this point of the show we would uh, discuss alternative reviews and viewpoints. However, because this is an old film and seen as a classic, there aren't really... The reviews are basically either this is a classic with obvious trappings of the time or this is a steaming pile of shit that's not scary, which I understand the viewpoint, but I don't think it's worth particularly, you know, going over. Would you no, agree? I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here. I, I, I don't look into those so that I can find to shit on people's opinions. I do it because people are insane and I yeah, love exactly. reading their reviews. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah and there's not a lot of that. Yeah, it is more just people yeah. who maybe went to this not realizing what they might be getting themselves yeah. in for, which it's is all, you know, it's all fun stuff. Fair again. enough opinions. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's fine. So uh, as discussed, we're staying local. Uh, staying in England not going to make a habit of this <laughs> I don't think maybe we will fuck it if I find two movies from Slovakia that are both good eh, we'll have two episodes fuck you yeah, yeah uh, but next episode we want to showcase uh, a newer film from England which is Possum directed by Matthew Holness I well I'd say I'm looking forward to that one but I have to stick in England for another week <laughs> oh no Whoa, when we came I get to England to be... remember we were going to be frenemies we were going to yeah leave you're all the, the friend I'm the enemy <laughs> <laughs> oh oh oh, shh, shh, shh. oh I think they can hear me the glampers oh, god. I, I laugh too hard oh god wait quick take it take a selfie take a selfie right we need we need to go we'll see you all next Why week you take a selfie I don't know Bye, everyone. take a moment to eat these nachos that uh, emily just handed me oh yeah get to the important stuff oh my god it's like asmr